The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, June 14th, 2021. The woman in your life she can rest so easily. She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. With me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Boy, what a beautiful day here in Sonoma County. I have a really wonderful show today. I have two guests. Uh, with me will be Nancy Rogers, will be joining me on the phone, organizer for the Juneteenth celebration for the past 51 years in Sonoma County. And for today's show, we're going to talk about Juneteenth. It's in packed and the special Zoom celebrating the event on Saturday, June 19th. Juneteenth is the oldest known celebration commemorating the ending of slavery in the United States. You know, I want to do a special uh, shout out. Uh, for the young people, uh, remember Sunrise? I had them on the air uh, last week, and it was very, very exciting. We met at Juilliard Park in Santa Rosa, and uh, they all came running in, and they were surrounded by 200 people, and it was just an amazing, amazing event, and so much to appreciate. And these young people are so articulate and so committed to bringing education and information about climate change. And today what they're doing is they're continuing their their uh, so-called trek. They've gone oh, over 270 miles, and now they are marching to San Francisco, and today they are going to be, uh, they're ending up with the last leg of the march. Uh, we'll be uh, confronting uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein and, Han- and uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to encourage them to look at the Green New Deal and also the uh, CCC, the Civilian Climate Corps. And I'm really excited for them, and I just want to do a big shout-out. I am so impressed by these young people. Well, also joining me on the phone, and I'm really, really excited, uh, is Sakaya Hooker. Sakaya Hooker is the daughter of the legendary blues singer John Lee Hooker and is an international performer in her own right. Sakaya also will be performing at the Juneteenth soon uh, uh, celebration on June 19th. We are really, really excited to have her as a guest. And I'm really wonderful, going to play a wonderful song before she comes on, just to give you uh, uh, an example of the wonderful, wonderful work and the wonderful uh, voice that she has, an amazing woman. I'm, I'm very, very excited about that. Well, today, today is June 14th, and it's Flag Day, and let's give a little history. I love that. During the American Revolution, the Continental Congress adopts a resolution stating that the flag of the United States be 13 alternate stripes, red and white, and that the Union be 13 stars, white in a blue field, representing the a new constellation. 
What a beautiful thought. The national flag, which became known as the Stars and Stripe, was based on the Grand Union flag. Very interesting, a banner carried by the Continental Army in 1776 that also consisted of 13 red and white stripes. According to legend, uh, Philadelphia seamstress Betsy Ross designed the new a canton for stars and stripe, which consisted of a circle of 13 stars and a blue background at the request of General George Washington. And to date, historians have not been able to prove that actually that, uh, that Betsy Ross actually did do that, did do that flag. It's very, very interesting. I mean, it's interesting when you start going into history. Now, uh, you know, a few announcements I have here. Of course, we're going to be having the Juneteenth celebration, which will be happening on Saturday, June 19th, and our special guest, Nancy Rogers, will fill us in all on the details. But you can go to www.juneteenthsonomacounty.com to sign up and and receive all the Zoom info, all the Zoom information. And also, was another thing that's very interesting that happened, you know, uh, the other thing that's happening is on uh, June 16th, on Thursday, June 16th, will be the National Organization for Women's Now Sonoma County Chapter monthly meeting from 6 to 6.30 is the business meeting, and from 6.30 to 8 p.m. will be the program, which will include Nancy Rogers, uh, chair of the Juneteenth organization, and a wonderful presentation by Karen Schneider, who is the dean of the library at Sonoma State University and who is a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. She will speak about Pride Month and women's activism for that community, and there will also be plenty of time for uh, questions and answers. You know, it's it's really, today is a, another another special day. I'm, I'm going to encourage Ken to give Nancy a call. Uh, another very special day today, uh, June, on June 17th, 1873, uh, our own <laughs> founder of the women's movement, uh, Susan B. Anthony was arrested for voting illegally. I mean, amazing to think that she was voting, that, that, that there was such a thing as voting illegally. Hold on a minute. I'm going to get that information to let folks know all about this. Let me tell you a little bit of background about this. On June 19, 1873, Susan B. Anthony, a civil rights leader who played a pivotal role in the 19th century women's rights movement, was found guilty by all by an all male jury in uh, New York courtroom of having illegally voted in the November fifth, eighteen seventy two presidential election. She let it be known that she had voted the straight Republican ticket. I guess at that time the Republicans were a little bit different. The presiding trial judge, Ward Hunt, an associate justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, fined her $100, which Anthony refused to pay. Repeatedly... Ignoring Hunt's order to stop talking and sit down, she protested what she called this high-handed outrage upon my citizens' rights while protesting the injustice of denying women the right to vote. When Anthony defiantly said, I shall never play a dollar of your unjust penalty. 
Well, it's very, very interesting. So she didn't go to jail, but she did not. She did never pay the fine. And on June 4th, 1919, which is very interesting, is almost, uh, let's see, 1873 to 1990, oh, a little over 50 years, Congress approved the Anthony Amendment in honor of the crusader who had died 13 years earlier. It was ratified by the states on August 18, and it took effect later as the 19th Amendment to the Constitution. So it was like she was almost forgiven the $100 fine. Yay, Susan B. Anthony. You know, when we start thinking about it, at one time, women could not vote. We had no property rights. We didn't even have rights to our children. I mean, can you imagine if you were getting divorced, your husband could take your children away from you, and that was it. No, No questions asked, that was it. Men had much more rights than women. We had no rights whatsoever. We were second class citizens. And sometimes I wonder if we've ever been, if we've ever risen to first class because it seems to me that what's happening in 2021 and in this century is they're trying to take away all the rights that we have fought so hard for, particularly the right of choice. You know, I do not understand why all women do not support choice. You know, I can tell you story after story of what happens to unwanted children or children that are accidental and all of a sudden, you know, there they are. They end up in foster homes. They end up with all kinds of issues and all kinds of problems. It's very important that women have a choice. And we know, we know whether we can raise that child or not. We know whether we can give it the proper learning, the proper food, the proper housing, all the things that a child needs to grow up. It's amazing. You know, as a great-grandmother, one thing that's interesting, when you're a mother, you know, you're, you're all involved. You know, you gotta, you got to take care of it. You don't even think about it. Before you know it, your child is, born, uh, is grown up, and you put all this effort and all this energy in it. And then all of a sudden, you become a grandmother, and it's the same thing. Hey, Mom, can you babysit? You know, I remember when my grandchildren were born, I had a special section in my office where I could babysit when my daughter got stuck when she couldn't find anybody to watch the kids. But when you're a great-grandmother, it's a little bit different. You know, you're looked upon a little bit differently, and you don't have the same amount of responsibility. But what does happen, or what has happened for me, is I suddenly really see what it takes to give a child a good life, to bring a child into this world, just just go a woman just going into labor alone is just an amazing experience. I mean, as women, we hold the secret of life within our own bodies. And then you watch that child grow and how much energy and effort, you know, my my uh granddaughter-in-law Amber watching her 24-hour demand of her breast. I mean, no rest whatsoever. So we really have to look at what it takes to raise a child. And you remember that old saying, children learn what they live, what they learn. If we don't have, if we're not, if that child is not wanted, you're not going to be bothered whether you get worry about what they learn or what they don't learn. You just want to get them raised and off they go. But there's a lot more there's a lot more to a child. So there's a lot to think about. There really is. There's just a lot to think about. And I think that's what the whole purpose of Women's Spaces is, is to get women thinking, and not only women thinking, but women understanding that they give birth to life, and we must make sure that that life is taken care of. 
And, you know, I'm listening to these young women and young men uh, of the Sunrise Movement that, you know, that just marched. What they say is adults have disappointed them, have let them down, are not giving them a future. We need a future for our children. We need to have choice. And as women, we need to stand up with one strong voice. One of the things that is very interesting to me when people ask me about myself, I always say the first thing is I am a human being part of the human family. And when we take a musical break, I'm going to play a piece by Maya Angelou, who actually talks about the human family. But the first thing I say is I am a human being. The second thing is I am a woman. I am a woman. Within my body is the secret of all life, of all creation. And the rest, hey, you know, I'm blonde and I'm white, I'm black, I'm Asian. All those things, they're so secondary compared to, number one, you're a human being, and number two, you are a woman. I am woman, hear me roar. Remember that song? Well, that's what we need to do. And why do I say that? Because I am tired of hearing Sunrise young people say they are disappointed in adults. Because we have let them down. We're allowing the earth that they live on, our mother, our source, just go to pot. You know, hey, everything's a profit. Everything's for profit. Profit, profit, profit. Not life. And we have to change that around. Life comes first. All living things come before profit. Well, we're going to take a musical break. And I'm so excited that I found this. I really am. It's a poem by Maya Angelou, and it is called Human Family. And when we return, I will be talking with Nancy Rogers about Juneteenth and its celebration and its meaning. So let's go ahead, Penn, and play that song. I note the obvious differences in the human family. Some of us are serious. Some thrive on comedy. I've sailed upon the seven seas and stopped in every land. I've seen the wonders of the world, not yet one common man. I know 10,000 women called Jane and Mary Jane. I've not seen any two who really were the same. Mirror twins are different, although their features jibe. I note the obvious differences between each sort and type. But we are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. This short but sweet and to the point, we are part of the human family. Very, very important. I like to think of it, and once again... First, we're human beings. Second, we're a woman. First, we're human beings. Second, we're a man. And we must secure the future for our children. Well, for you folks just joining in, you're listening to Women's Spaces. I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And I want to remind my listeners that the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, or Women's Spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. 
you know, at the BS boards, really for Beverly, but it's to remind me that I'm doing the best I can. I'm a beautiful child of the universe. And be here now. Be in the moment. And also, I'm a beekeeper and a queen bee. And if you want to know about the queen bee, email me and I'll send you the story. Well, like I said, welcome back. I'm your host, Elaine Beholz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my first guest. Joining me on the phone is Nancy Rogers, chair of the Juneteenth Committee, who for the past 51 years has facilitated the celebration of the Juneteenth Festival. This year, because again of the pandemic, the the festival will be celebrated via Zoom. Welcome, Nancy. Welcome to Women's Bases once again. Another year has passed. Another year. Thank you so much, uh, Elaine, for inviting me. Uh, yes, it would be nice if we could be out in the sunshine and out in the uh, taking the, all this air in. And but this year again, we're on Zoom, but that's fine. We're still gonna have a wonderful time. We got a lot of wonderful guests, a lot of wonderful performance. I'm looking forward to it. Well, before we, before we begin, Nancy, I'd like to tell my <laughs> listeners just a little bit about you. Is that okay? Yes. Nancy Rogers is the chair of the Juneteenth Festival that has been happening at the Martin Luther King Park in South Park, Santa Rosa, for the past 50 years. This is the 51st anniversary, actually. She is board member of the Black Orum and Black Chamber of Commerce and president of Entrepreneurs of Tomorrow, a nonprofit organization that provides scholarships for young people of color and co-owner of the Red Rose Catering business with her husband, Harold Rogers. She is a mother and a grandmother and a beautiful neighbor. We have lived across the street from one another for over 30 years. Well, welcome, Nancy. Is there anything else that you You'd like to say? I think you covered everything, Elaine. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> well, Nancy, talk a little bit about let's let's go into the history of Juneteenth, what it is exactly, and how you got involved. Well, I got involved years ago. I did, I wasn't there quite for the whole fifty-one years, but Juneteenth started it off as uh, the Martin Luther King Festival here in Santa Rosa, um, and after. Um, Martin Luther King became a holiday. They became a holiday. And then we combined it, MLK Juneteenth Festival. And so um, and so that been going on for 51 years this year. And so it's a celebration of, of families getting together and, and enjoying the day. But also it's a remembrance. And like I always say, Elaine, is that we just can never forget uh, you know the shoulders that we're riding on. You know when you look on uh, Zoom and look at different um, the uh, tube, the uh, TV, and see uh, what happened back in the slavery days and what people had to go through. Um, we just cannot forget the things we're doing today. We just didn't do them by ourselves. A lot of people died. A lot of people suffered just for us to get to where we are today. And we are doing much better. But we still got a long way to go. You know, we still, we pushing, but there are still people's pulling. You know, I was watching uh, Martin Luther King uh, video when he was talking about voting rights way back in the day. But what are we talking about today? We're talking about voting rights. You know, it does not even make sense. Well, you we know- still talk about racism. Uh, and so we still have to continue to push. We just can't... Um, one of the Congresswomen said, you can't get tired, you know, you can't relax. 
Well, that's so true. You know, it's very interesting when you talk about what people went through. You know, I'm I'm honored to be part on the of the Juneteenth. A festival a committee and before before I got involved with the committee I had no idea about Juneteenth I really didn't know about that it, it took a, a year after the Emancipation uh, Proclamation before the uh, the people in Texas actually learned that they were a free people and now when I look back on it and I, I see the Jim Crow laws I mean I used to hear about the Jim Crow laws and I thought well what are they and what they are they're the, to me as far as I'm concerned they're the same thing as the Nuremberg laws in Germany. I mean, they were restricting and looking for ways to just put young blacks in jail. I mean, it was just just an amazing, an amazing process. So I agree with you 100%. It's so important that we celebrate, but it's also important that all people come together to learn about the history and see what a, a body of people have gone through, because that's how we develop our compassion and our empathy and our understanding. Would you agree with that, Nancy? Yes, I will agree 100% with that. You know, um, we need to come together and continue educating people that's not familiar with it. I was thinking about last year, I received so many calls from, from white people to say, you know, I didn't know anything about this Juneteenth, and and I didn't realize there was so much racism going on in the world, and I didn't realize this and I didn't realize that. And you don't realize it until all the protests last year and, and uh, people started studying and realizing Oh my God, this word going on, you know, this is why these things are happening. And, um, and so, in a way, it did wake other people up besides uh, people, uh, black people, you know, to, to let them know that, you know, this fairness, um, is, is still here. You know. Well, also, we'll also to look at what freedom means, what it means to be a free people. I mean, it's very, very important. And I think about when you're when you're talking about a wake up call. As far as I'm concerned, the death of jo- of George Floyd that we were able to see right before our eyes on television, the fact that the police could kill a young a, an African American. Uh, human being right in front of our eyes and by the way i can't remember her name i i i feel like i i had written it down but the woman the young girl i think she was underage i think she was under i think she was under 18 that actually filmed the experience or the the killing however we want to call it and she just won the new nobel peace prize which i think Pardon? Oh, the Pulitzer Prize. I'm sorry, the Pulitzer Prize, and for for doing such an amazing work. Thank you, Ken. Well, I don't know what I would do without Ken at my side. I swear. <laughs> well, anyway, Nancy, this this is our 51st anniversary of this event being the second Zoom presentation. Why do you believe? Why do you believe it's important? Let's go over again. Why do you believe it's important that we celebrate this every year? And why, when you say white people called, I mean, I would encourage all our Caucasian friends out there to definitely join in on the Zoom to get educated. But what in your mind is why is this so important and why do you do it every year? I do it because you know, I I look back at my grandmother. Well, I still look at my mother here. You just saw last week with here. She 87 came out to visit from Arkansas. You know, and, and what they went through, you know. So how can I forget what what they went through? You know, my grandmother didn't even learn how to write. Um, you know, they they was what they considered free, but in a way they were still slaves. And so uh, I just, and to me, 
is that we just can't. If we get too comfortable before we know it, uh, things going back. We're not going to be able to vote, and and some people say, oh, it will never go back to that. Yes, it will. You know, we we can just get too comfortable on taking things for granted, taking education for granted. We can't take anything for granted. We just have to know because it didn't. It just didn't come freely. People had to die to get it, and so that's why I continue to do it. Is I just want um, the African American people to know, and our younger people to know. You may have all those fancy phones and the iPad and the, all that, but don't take this stuff for freedom, uh, for granted, because, you know, somebody died for you to get that and to get that education. And tell me you don't want to go to school? No. You need to go to school. Because in the day, no one, they couldn't go to school. Well, they couldn't, they couldn't, were not, it was against the law. Literally yes. against the law for slaves to learn how to read or write. Right, and if we didn't have something like Juneteenth, and you know now it's not being taught in school, you know, and parents sometimes are just too busy trying to make a living to teach uh, the kids about history, then the history will be lost. And so I know this is, you know, maybe once a year celebration, but we as as, as black people especially will have to continue to uh, tell our kids and remind our kids that, you know, you have to carry this on. You know, you have to continue to push and continue to grow, you know. And as, as uh, I focus on a lot as African-American because I am and because uh, when when you look at most of the things, who's lacking the most is African-American. You know, when you look at the jobs, when you look at the houses, when you, you know, that's who's lacking the most. I was looking at uh, Congress. We are making some strive in Congress. Now it's 57 blacks in Congress. I mean, that's a step forward. We we have the, it's a lot of positive things are being done uh, also, but we still have to keep uh, pushing forward. Well, also, what's so amazing, what's so amazing is to think that there's always that that group or that, that body of people who want to take our freedoms away, who who believe that we're not entitled to it, that only they're entitled to it. So it's it's an amazing thing. Well, we've come to the end of the segment, Nancy, and I would like some last words from you. And how do we get the information for the Zoom, the website, and uh, give us some di- logistics? Okay, the, the event will be on June 19th from 1 to 3.30, and you can go to org and register. Uh, to get in, and it's going. We're going to have a full day of music and spoken words, and you know, uh, a special guest. And so, we would like for everyone to just uh, just uh, register and tune in and just enjoy the show. Well, you know, I'm really excited because our next interview is going to be with Zakaya uh, Hooker, the uh, daughter of the well-known John Lee Hooker, and she's going to be our main speaker, which is really, really exciting. Yeah, that that is exciting. So I'll be excited to have her um, uh, on the show on on Saturday. I was just thinking uh, quickly that uh, Harold and I went to uh, a festival in San Francisco, and her father was on the stage playing. And um, it was just an amazing show. Um, well, you know, you know, it was very interesting. I found out that Ken 
actually went to a, a restaurant in San Jose and actually sat with John Lee Hooker and his girlfriend and enjoyed and enjoyed the show and enjoyed all the wonderful things. And one last thing I want to tell my listeners: the most one of the most powerful things is is that the entrepreneurs of tomorrow we are going we are going to be able to present four uh, scholarships to youth here in Sonoma County, and that to me is thrilling. It's, that's thrilling, Elaine. And what's thrilling uh, uh, for me too is that one of the uh, well, one of our recipients, Terrence, is gonna uh, gonna talk for a minute on. He graduated. He's the only the first uh, person of his family to graduate from college, and he's our, one of our recipients. And with the help of Entrepreneurs of Tomorrow and New World Ballet, you know, he was able to you know, just get focused and go finish college at the top of his, he was a top student in his class. So that right there, when we can do a little bit and help push someone forward, that's what entrepreneurs is all about. It looks, sounds like you had a, a car go by. Well, Nancy Rogers, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here on Women's Spaces, and I want to wish you much success on the Zoom. And if everybody, uh, you gave the website, we will have that on uh, Women's Spaces also at www.womenspaces.com. Thank you so much, Nancy, and good luck this year. All right. Thanks, Elaine. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Oh. God, thank you, Nancy Rogers, June, for the, telling us about the Juneteenth Festival. What a dynamite person uh, Nancy is. She's got more energy <laughs> than most people I know, and she's just done some wonderful, wonderful things in our community. Well, we're going to take a we're going to take a, a, a musical break, and I'm really, really excited because I'm going to be able to uh, play a song by. Um, by Zakiya Hooker, and it's it's really it's one of her songs, and it's called "Keeping It Real," sung by Zakiya Hooker. And when we return, we will have her on the phone, and we will be having a conversation with her about her her legacy with her father, John Lee Hooker. So go ahead, let's go ahead and play the song, Ken.
and the rhythm i gotta say ken norton i dedicate that song to you we've been keeping it real for over 21 years together and i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart boy what an inspiring song well welcome back you're listening to women's spaces and i'm your host elaine b holtz and joining me on the phone for this segment is the kaya hooker daughter of the legendary blues singer john lee hooker and an international performer in her own right well welcome zakaya welcome to women's spaces why, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to have you on the phone. It's just amazing. Zakaya, do you mind if I tell if I tell my listeners just a little bit about you? Uh, no, Zakia does not mind. Oh, I'm so sorry, Zakia. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you something. We look, practice look, it. Look, we... you were just supposed to play it off and just like you had got Talking about your business. I was just, you know, saying it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, we sang it, we did it over and over, and I still did it wrong. Well, Zakia, I, Don't worry about I it. welcome you. You are not the only one, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dear friend is the daughter of John Lee Hooker. She's the living legacy. She is a singer, songwriter, and daughter of this American icon. And she is carrying her father's Seminole Blues torch confidently into the future. She will take you in and out of songs like Hey Lady Baby, You Busted, New Orleans Rain, Protect 
me from the blues, crosswords, stones by Passway, and many more to entertain you. She has been the recipient of numerous awards in her career. She has received awards from numerous blues societies and out of California for her innovative style of music. She has been on the cover of several well-known trade magazines, including Billboard magazine, and her voice can be heard on advertisements for Lexus and AIWA and on the soundtrack. I think this is just amazing. On the soundtrack of Chalk, which has won the uh, Camera d'Or at Cannes and Grand Prize at the Sundance Film Festival in San Francisco. She and her band can perform for you and the masses at the Blue Society events, casino celebrations, Christmas parties, clubs, community events, and conventions. Well, welcome. My goodness, what a what a resume you have. In fact, I, I, there was so much there, and I hope that I covered it all. But is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, you, everything, you know, that's fine. You covered a lot of ground just then. Well, also, but the, go ahead. Well, and, and I love it on the res, on the uh, bio. I, that, those songs all came from my, I think, my third CD. But, and the one that you were listening to, I think it came from Keeping It Real. That was, I think, my uh, fourth my fourth CD. Well, it's it's yeah. a great song. When I listen to the when I listen to the lyrics, I just had it dedicated to my husband sitting here by my side. Well, oh, let, great, let's let's start great. let's start. You know, you grew up with a father that was a legend. In fact, I cannot believe how many awards. Okay, uh, John Lee Hooker received four Grammys. A Rhythm and Blues Foundation Pioneer Award, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, as well as one in Clarksdale. He was inducted in both the Rock and Roll and Blues Hall of Fame. Hey, not bad for a sharecropper no, son. No. <laughs> Goodness. That is not bad. That is not bad. So what a That's rich true. family. So you were the third child in the yes, family. I and I believe the only one that pursued a mere uh, musical career. What influence did your father have you, and did he coach you in any way? Well, um, we had one, I have my brother, my my oldest brother. He's into music, but he's, he does gospel. He started out doing blues, but now he does uh, gospel, and that was John Lee Jr. And uh, so he does gospel at this point in time. And so far as me, I... Um, but the advice, you know, what my dad, the influences I got from him, I mean, you know, they're like, they're like these deep, deep grooves that run through your body. So when I, I do different kinds of music, but I'm always close to my roots and his type of music, the traditional blues. And uh, there's also, there's that influences. So when I do my songs, even though it may not sound like it, there is some of him in that song because I, I you know I, the way he phrases the way he might say a word I still I do that because I'm from a, a, a my he's from Mississippi my mom was from Arkansas so there's still a little something tinge when, sometimes when I say words but I um, basically I got my the influences I got from him was just to, you know just just to, to stick to what you're doing and, and be true to what you're doing you know, he was very unorthodox, but he never changed his style. He stayed with what he knew and what he loved. And uh, that's what I learned from him. You know, as I was coming up, people really didn't accept my music, but, you know, because it's, it's not blues, it's not this, it's not that. But I couldn't, you know, I have to follow my own true, true self. And like my dad said, don't listen to what people say, do what you 
do your music the way that you like to do it. What a beautiful message, you know. But, you know, one of the things I want to ask, you know, I, I, you know, one of the things that really, uh, really got me was the story of Muddy Waters. You know, Muddy Waters, you know, was also a, a sharecropper's uh, son and, and actually lived lived that life for a long time. And then they had these people coming around, taking uh, different music and, you know, recording it. And then he got to listen to himself. And that would encourage him to leave his lifestyle and come into into the cities and and do what he what he felt he did best after he heard himself. How does your father what what was some of what was some of the things that that maybe how did he how was he able and man? Managed to get away from this lifestyle and come to the city. Do you have any idea? Because I just well, think, I he, think it's an inspiring message for young people. Well, my daddy, when when uh, <clears throat> his stepfather gave him a guitar, taught him how to play, and then my dad was just hooked on music at that point, and he taught him how to play, and that's where his style came from. But my father never wanted to be a shit. He he would always say, he said, I was not going to be out there picking no cotton, doing none of that stuff. And when he left, he left home at about, I think, 13, 14 years old. Wow. Because he had a desire to do his music. He had learned to play guitar. Excuse me. And he started on the acoustic. And uh, he just, that was his dream. That was what he wanted. And that's what, you know, just the fact that he was given the guitar, taught to play it. And then, you know, that opened up something that he probably didn't even know was there. And from there, he was just hooked. He had to do his music. Amazing. You know, a small thing like that, you know, that's why I always say our children are our future, and you never know, and you pay attention to them and encourage them. Well, you know, in, 19, right. in 1991, you made your debate with your father, with John Lee Hooker. You know, talk about that. Where, What was that like for you that first time? Here you are on stage <laughs> with a legend that happens to be your father, and now you have to perform, and you know he's going to have a little checklist, you know, as you're, <laughs> as you're singing. Where did you get the Where did you get the confidence? Where did you get the courage? Well, you know, sometimes uh uh courage is doing it when you even even when you don't want to do it. <laughs> yes, there was fear. There was fear there to get up on the stage with it. Because you're right, he's a legend and even to me I knew he was a legend. Even though he was my father. That made it a little bit easy because he was my father. But uh I, I it was really a, a scary scary uh situation for me i mean i was so stressed you know how you can get so stressed until you just your whole body just stiffens up and tightens up and that's what it was like for me when i finished doing the show i was so tense my stomach started hurting i just got sick and i had to go home (laughs) but you did it i did it you know we do what we have to do you know i couldn't run off the stage where did, where, where did you get the confidence? I mean, was was there a thought, or you just said, "I got to keep going," or what? What was it? Well, I think it was just on one hand, it was just the joy of being able to get up on the stage with my dad. And no matter how afraid I was, or you know, intimidated, I had to do this. And so I, I, I did a song called "Big Girl Panties." I had to put on my big girl panties <laughs> and get up on that stage. <laughs> What an amazing story, you know. I mean, it's so. I mean that that is amazing, but it's also wonderful that he was able to pass on and encourage you to do your thing and encourage you. I mean, all fathers, all mothers should say, "Listen, follow your heart." You know, you you only yeah. have we only have one life. You know, live it the way you feel is right, and just don't do any harm to anybody, but just enjoy enjoy your own. Well, what, what what style did you adopt? 
you know what uh, how how did you differentiate yourself um i well i never went went out to you know i just went out to do i want to do the music it's not about who i sound like if i sound like or whatever i just uh i just when i sing it i that's how i feel it uh, and you know, people have told me that I, you know, I have jazz in my voice. I do folk. Uh, my last CD, I even have a little country on there. But I just like all kinds of music. So I don't want to be, you know, trapped in one. You know, what's your style? My style is blues. No, it's not. I do blues. I do jazz, and it's. I try to blend it all together. Uh, you know, to 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 fit me, to fit me what I, you know. It's the key music. Well, I mean, you have a. I've listened to so many of your songs, and they're just amazing. I mean, and it, they're love songs, and 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 breakup songs, and all kinds of different <laughs> things. I mean, it's just you know the blues. The blues are really when you have a blue time, when all of a sudden you're either down or you're up. You know, I mean, it's it, it's yeah. it's it's this, it's this cycle. Well, you know, I. I know that you have won many awards, and I thought that maybe you know you would let us know about one or two. And also, before we get into, because I want to talk about you have a foundation, the Johnny Lee Hooker Foundation, that I want I really want to get into and talk to because I mm-hmm. think it's so important that you're helping young people like this. But talk about maybe one or two of the the uh, the awards you got, and if there's a young if there's a young, uh, especially a young woman out there that says, "Hey, I you know I know I have a voice, I want to get in there, and I want." to do it you know what advice would you give them how would you how would you encourage them like say your dad encouraged you i would tell them you know to first off begin to love themselves you know before you follow that dream love yourself because you're going to run into potholes and haters and everybody else but not to give don't never give up on your dream and never let anybody tell you what you can or you cannot do uh what is it that doubt has killed more dreams have been anything you know you can't have doubt don't doubt yourself you're going to doubt yourself along the way sometimes but you know kind of pick yourself up and know that you are totally unique there is no one else out there like you so do not give up do not go give up don't listen to people tell you what you can and can't do very important yeah you know because so many times people are out there beating you down well you can't you don't sound like this and you don't do this and you don't do that blah 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 don't listen to them well, you know, it, we have a pledge called the Women's Space Pledge, and it starts out, my self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. <laughs> In other words, don't let, don't let yeah. anybody define you, and my self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. Yeah, and you're never too old. I started I, I started uh, really professionally into the music at, at the tender age of early, my 40s. Early oh, 40s. really? Yeah. So, you know, don't. You don't let people say, well, you're either too old. I'm just trying to say, don't listen to people and allow them to chart your course to where you want to go. 
What a what a strong strong message. Let me tell you something. Yeah. That is a very uh-huh. that's very important. You know that's that's one thing about this program because it is dedicated to ordinary women doing extraordinary things, just like yourself, an ordinary woman doing this extraordinary thing that you decided. You know, my yeah. my story is a little bit different. I went back to school when I was thirty, and I was the oh. oldest person. I thought, oh, I'll never be able to do it. You know, and finally I said, wait a minute, just wait a minute. You know, and I. Yeah. Think, well, what are some? What are some of the? And thank you so much for that message. I mean, it's so important. Don't let anybody chart your course. No, they can't. You can't let them. No, and and what happens is you end up suffering because you're unhappy because you're not doing what you know within yourself that you need to do. Uh, they're happy, but you're unhappy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's a good one. Yeah. So, so talk just a little bit about before we go into the foundation. Uh, one or two awards that you received that that were important that you're most proud of. Well, I'm proud of all of them. Let's see, the Bay Area Blues Society. I uh, won uh, they for my first CD that came out. I won a uh, uh, best CD, oh, best new artist, new CD. And then there was the South Bay uh, Blues Awards, and I won that for. Uh, as a matter of fact. It was entered into what we used to have called the Bammies. I don't know if there's a thing called the Bammies Bay Area Blues Society. No, what is the Bammies Bay Area Blues? It's been so long since I forgot it. But anyway, and I was in competition with the Counting Crows, but they beat me. <laughs> but that's all right. You don't stop because somebody beats you. <laughs> right. That's uh, another, that's another thing. That's another important <laughs> thing. It's okay if if someone you know you can always. You could always work up to it or just accept it that, hey, not everybody yeah. sees how great and, I am. <laughs> and just keep on route, your route. And I have one, you know, I, uh, I can't even, I can't remember a lot of the awards because they're probably in my uh, file. Someone else asked me that and I uh, had to send it to them, but I had to look it up. Well, what, what I'm going to do. The brain don't work like it used to. Well, what I'm going to do is I'll put on my website because you have a long list. We'll we'll put it on our website so people can read. Okay. Because, and it's it's. Let me tell my listeners, it's well worth reading because when you think about the here here is a woman who decided to become more national at, at an older age and and all the accomplishments is just amazing. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about the Johnny Lee Hooker Foundation. I know it's a family affair. Talk about it. What are its goals? What are its missions? And uh, what? Uh, how can people support it? Well, we established it, like you said, in uh, 2002. And when we started, it was pretty much just like, like our little mission says, for the underprivileged, underrepresented, and the at-risk kids, kids who are after school may not have anywhere to go or anything to do. So we started uh, reaching out to schools. We've got already. We've got two schools. We have there uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area down in Oakland. We have the uh, Martin Luther King Elementary School, and uh, we've been with them uh, since. Uh, well, they were our first school, and we started accepting schools about five years ago, so they were our first school. And then we moved over to the, uh, I think it's the South Bay, that's what they call it, uh, the East East uh, East Palo Alto uh, College Prep School. And they have performed with us at uh, events, and they're very, very talented kids. Our little elementary kids, we've got to get them some different guitars because Epiphone donated some beautiful guitars to us. And so we split them between the schools, but you're talking about elementary school kids, so we're going to be 
supplying them with smaller guitars as opposed to the very expensive guitars that they have. So we're going to give them, um, you know, smaller guitars. We're also, uh, we also have people go in and tutor the kids. Uh, not tutor them, you know, just kind of open their eyes as to what, and because it's the, you know, my dad was blues, to teach the children about blues, to play for the children so that they can hear, you know, what blues is like. So that's your, uh, blues, that's your blues in the school program? I noticed there was a blues in the school program. Yes, that's our blues in the school program. And uh, we've all, well, our goal is to, you know, try to raise money to continue to fund and, and donate, uh, give grants to, uh, you know, other little foundations smaller than us that may need uh, help. We're getting ready to... Uh, uh, Let's see, I'm the executive director. My son is an executive director. And then we have uh, Sherry Jones, who's our program manager. My son right uh, right now, he approached me with uh, the idea to give a grant to a Richmond Police Athletic League. So we're in the process of getting that done. So we're going to be doing that. Um, and, uh, uh, and I think, let's see. We're, we're going to start spreading out. We're not going to. We're not always going to be in California. We're going to be trying to move down south. We're going to be talking with the Delta Blues Museum, uh, uh, Miss Shelley, down in uh, Mississippi, about uh, coordinating with them. Also, we've also uh, connected up with the. Uh, let me see. Was it the? Yeah, we did a. The uh, Sacramento Blues Society. We're working sometimes in conjunction with them. And what we just finished, we finished that was uh, on the 5th of June. We gave a virtual fundraiser. And we had some of the kids from the school come and actually perform. And it was really, really, really a nice program. It must have been but very satisfying for you to see that. It was because these kids have worked really hard. And they were doing one of my dad's songs. Oh, wow. <laughs> they did song. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, uh, we, we've already done, uh, like I said, three. This, this one was our third annual fundraiser. The well, first, first one was at a little, a little Fox Theater in uh, Redwood City. And then we had one at the Freight and Salvage in Berkeley, California. And this third one was virtual because, of, you know, the COVID uh, thing, so we had to do the virtual but we're our goal is to raise money, and if people want to donate, they can go to our uh, website, johnleehookerfoundation.org, and read about us and see if you know anyone who would like to apply for a grant, read how we choose who we give grants to. But we're always looking to do some type of fundraising to get people to kind of participate with us and, you know, feel free to donate. We need for you to donate. We need to survive by donations. Well, you know you're going to you're going to be on the Juneteenth uh, presentation on the 19th here in Sonoma County. And one of the things mm-hmm. that we do, uh, my friend Nancy Rogers, who was on before you, and myself, I'm actually the vice president. It's called Entrepreneurs of Tomorrow, and we're going to be giving four scholarships. So, and it, it'll be it's just part of part of your pro, you being on the program. That's also going to be included. Well, my oh, friend. Wow. 
We have come to the end of our segment. Are there any last words that you would like to say? Any upcoming events you would like people to know? And I want everybody to know that on our website, www.womenspaces.com, we will have all your information. So any last words, any uh, events coming up or anything else you'd like to share? Well, no events coming up. I I'm begin. I got my first call. I might be out there in Monterey. Uh there may be a, a show going on up in Monterey, so I might be out there. And it would be in September the 17th or the 19th. So kind of look out for that. Uh, also, go to our webpage, johnlehookerfoundation.org. Read about us. See what's happening. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll be updating it tonight. So I'll be adding new things to it. Also, uh, go to the webpage. We have uh, little fun things you can buy. We have, like, jiggers. We have mugs. We have tote bags, and uh, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to stop you right now because we've just come okay. to the end of our segment, and I want to thank oh. you. I want to thank you okay. so much for being here and for being on Women's Spaces. I really and I look forward to seeing you on June 19th at the presentation for Juneteenth. And thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much, Elaine. Oh, it's been it's just been wonderful. Thank you so much again. Okay. Bye bye. Oh, what a great show. Oh, my goodness. Please, folks, make sure that you go on to Juneteenth.org to see about what's going on. I want to thank you for listening, and I would like to get feedback on the show. And also, uh, a reminder, tell your friends Women's Spaces will be aired again at 11 p.m. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, June 14th, 2021.